Welcome to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. Now here's our mama. Hey y'all, welcome back to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. Today I'm so excited because I have a wonderful author, a four-time author with me virtually, and we met on Clubhouse. His name is Darius Brown. He is the conversation coach, and I am so thrilled to have him here. He just finished a book called You Got the Digits, Now What? And also he has a wonderful book that he was telling me all about on Clubhouse called 104 Early Dating Questions. And you guys, he gave us a little taste and I had to have him on the pod. I thought, this man knows what he is talking about. We need to have more of this conversation. So Darius, welcome to Getting Cozy. I'm so happy you're here. Indeed. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed our conversation we had on Clubhouse and you know, I'm really happy to be here and share what I have for your audience and they better be excited too because this is some good stuff you guys are going to want to take notes i took notes right there in clubhouse i was jotting stuff down because i thought this stuff is gold and i do not want to miss it i do not want to forget it (laughs) so i took copious notes that i still have but we're going to go back over some of those things because they are so important and if you are dating out there for the first time or if you are getting back in the dating world this will be a very 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 helpful conversation so let's get into it first of all darius where did you grow up you asked a really good question. So I grew up in Jersey City, New Jersey, but also moved to Miami when I was 10 and eventually moved back up north to New Jersey and lived in Brooklyn. And then I lived in Atlanta for four years and some change. And now I've been in Nashville for a year. Love that. And do you mind if I relate? Sure. Take your my response rules. Go ahead. Yes, yes, you guys. <laughs> he taught me some great response tools that I needed help with desperately. So one of them is to relate to the person you are talking to that you are speaking with. And I also, Darius, am from the East Coast. I was born in Florida, was actually born in Boynton Beach. Not too, too far. For about 40 minutes. Yeah, not too far at all. And went to the University of Florida. My whole family pretty much was legacy there. So that was fun to kind of follow in their footsteps. And basically raised in North Carolina and Kentucky. So I kind of went back to Florida after high school. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. So East Coasters here. How did you get into this field? What did you study in school that kind of led to this passion of yours? You asked a good question. Here's the truth. I was actually in college and I had a guidance for me. I heard a voice that was saying to me, hey, leave. This is not for you. It wasn't my path to stay in college. And so when I left college, I was able to discover a sense of purpose. After that sense of purpose was discovered, I started a public speaking career and launched some a clothing brand. And that really took off for me. And once I did that, that allowed me to have the experience to enter into doors when I got back into the corporate world that required master's degrees and things of that nature because I honed in on my gift and my skill to communicate, to do public speaking, releasing my book, my first book, so doing workshops. And so I started getting these positions that required degrees. One of those positions was as a counselor, and I was a counselor for the Department of Juvenile Justice. And when I was going through the training program, which actually happened in Gainesville, one of the modules we had to study was active listening 101. And then we also had to study effective questioning. And we also had to study motivational interviewing. We had to get certified in all these areas before becoming a counselor for the Department of Juvenile Justice. And it was at that moment I realized I've always been a good talker to people, but I didn't realize how 
off I was in my own communication, how much of a listener I wasn't. <laughs> no. mm. So we had homework as a part of our coursework to find someone random to use the information that we had from the course. So there was a young lady at my hotel desk. And so when I went back, I ended up sparking a conversation with her that lasted two hours oh, at wow. the front desk. And I did. And she was a gorgeous, gorgeous woman. She was going to UF and working two jobs at the same time. Any man, any guy would have wanted to talk to her. But that wasn't my motive. I simply just wanted to practice my homework. <laughs> and so I began putting the tools of the effective questions and active listening and motivational interviewing to do my homework. And this young lady just opened up about her life. And I just really sat there and I listened. I positioned myself to listen by asking certain questions. And, and it was a, such a phenomenal experience to me to see that if we practice certain communication tools, we can connect with people at a much deeper level. And so that really started the journey of me to honing in on communication and connecting with people with purpose and intention. And so that was the genesis of it back in 2011, 2012. So Darius, as a dating coach, I have to ask, did you ask her out? Did you have a date with her after that? Did you get a date? <laughs> <laughs> Let me preface this by saying I am not a dating coach. I want to make sure I say that. And a lot of people may think I am, but that's why I label myself as the conversation coach. Because though it may be in the vein of dating, I do soft skills trainings for corporations as well, too, and salespeople using the same principles that you can use in a conversation. Okay. Because sales is a conversation. Did I ask her on a date? No. <laughs> Simply because through having conversation with her, she wasn't even in the mental and emotional space to probably handle a date at that moment. Oh, interesting. But she was fine. She was gorgeous. <laughs> I mean, the average man would have been throwing everything at her, but by having communication skills, and practicing conversation skills to genuinely connect with someone, I was able to sort of vet her without her even knowing. I love that. That is deep. That is so deep. I love it. You could have just yep, been so another guy good. to have, you know, a two-minute conversation. You know, hey, beautiful, <laughs> what do you do when you get off, right? Right, <laughs> right. when you get off, let's talk. Yep. I don't even remember how I started the conversation, but everything, of course, begins with rapport. It begins with talking about the obvious right right and then the goal is to transition from what is to who is if i'm making sense yeah definitely so you found your calling darius through that training through the certification which that sounds amazing i want to take that certification i think that's like fascinating <laughs> for an interviewer for sure and just anybody who you know likes to converse i mean that would make sense so you found your calling, and then how did you kind of elevate to where you are now? What was your path? When I left that job as a, as a counselor for the Department of Juvenile Justice and received that great information and the certifications, I eventually became a life coach. I got certified as a life coach that same year in 2012. And so when I left that company, I started a life coaching practice, which, of course, in your practice, you have to learn certain tools of listening as well, too, and questions as well, too certain soft skills and I've been practicing coaching since 2012 I've had clients since then so it's been a long time I wasn't doing conversation coaching at that point I was more so doing performance coaching for salespeople and entrepreneurs but you still have to use the same conversation tools while coaching people to get the best out of them 
to help them see themselves. And I began to do that work for myself for a couple of years. But then as a man, I had to secure finances for myself because my business wasn't thriving as much as I wanted to back then. Mm-hmm. And so I had to start getting back into corporate America. Eventually, I started to gain jobs that were aligned with what I did when I left school, public speaking. So I started to become a facilitator at different companies, a trainer, a corporate trainer. And all of these jobs require you to have certain communication skills and soft skills as well. So let's talk about the pivot. How did I end up becoming a conversation coach? That happened when I was doing performance coaching for a client and they had issues connecting with men. It came up in, the, in our conversation. But they wanted to know, hey, can you help me have better conversations with men? I said, I'll give you some tools, but I'm not a dating coach, but I'll give you some tools. But all the tools I've learned in all the years that I've communicated with people and the way I structured my communication with people, I basically gave her some of those tools on how to flow within the conversation with the man. What type of questions to ask, right? Not do-based questions, but be-based questions. Mm. And, and so sometimes high-achieving women who have gone to school to get the degrees, who are entrepreneurs in sales, grinding, taking care of things, one thing that usually gets left behind with the high-achieving women is conversation skills. And conversation skills is what's required if you want to connect with the man as well, too, the proper way. You can't interview as if you are striking a business deal or you're striving to qualify him, right? So instead of asking qualifying questions, you have to ask quality questions. You want to see what you can qualify them for, if I'm making sense. Yeah, definitely. And so basically, I gave her a structure. And it began with certain things about questions, active listening, response, things of that nature. And now I broke down bullet points from each area. I said, hey, if you practice this, you will increase your conversations instantly. And through that framework, I said, hold on, let me explore this because this is really good. And it just came off the top of my mind because I've been doing this for over a decade. So it made sense to me. It was easy for me, but for her, it was mind blowing. And it instantly changed the conversations she was having with men mm-hmm. and also with people in general. And so I said, you know what? There's something here. I need to fully explore these principles I share with her, this mm-hmm. system I share with her. And I started to break it down and created a framework. And that's when I was like, you know what? I love this right here. I didn't intend on becoming a conversation coach, to be honest with you. One of my goals for 2021, when I was setting my goals last year, was to start my own training and development company based around soft skills. I wanted to only train on soft skills at different companies. And it just so happened I ended up becoming a conversation coach instead while still having my training and development company. But conversation coaching is the thing I'm focusing on. And it's funny how everything works out. That is such a evolution, you know, of just... It's so nice when your purpose just kind of falls in your lap like that. I I really, I love hearing those stories. Very inspirational. And also to just to be observant of what's going on around you. You know, just working with that one client puts you in that trajectory. Do you mind if I relate? I, I can certainly relate to that. I was a nanny and I was helping a family whose children did not sleep until like 11 o'clock at night. You know, these were very small children. They were toddlers. They were very, very young. And so I I decided to kind of take matters into my own hands and help them sleep train them. Well, once I did that, the whole neighborhood wanted me to come help them, right? Because I found, because they were all kind of going to sleep at the same time because nobody really knew how to put their child to bed before they went to bed. So these children, little kids were going to bed when their parents were going to bed. So you can imagine 
how tired they were. They were little narcoleptics running around. Like they would just, you know, I was their nanny and I was trying to watch them and have fun with them. And they would literally just pass out in the middle of nowhere, like a little drunk adult. Like it was crazy. Yeah. So I saw, just as you did, you know, you saw this need that wasn't being met. And so I, as well, you know, saw that and trained them and that led to many, many more clients. And I've been a sleep coach now for like 15 years, but did I ever think I was going to be a sleep coach? No, like you never thought you'd be a conversation coach. So it's so interesting how life presents these things to us. So I can 100% relate to you, Darius. Indeed. I love how you were able to track your trajectory. So you were able to pay attention to the pivot. Yes. And it led to so many different things as it did with you too. And, and that's usually the case, right? But it's a wonderful thing when people can find their purpose through something, you know, that may seem insignificant at the time, uh, but it was really life-changing for, for both of us, right? Indeed. It's just like I was saying, like, when you pay attention to the pivot, you can find purpose. But I think some people are so stubborn Mm-hmm. And, and not willing to change that they don't pay attention to the pivot because they're stuck on, but no, this is who I am. This is what I do instead of right. who I am is fluid, right? Yep. Now, the, the gifts that God has given us and the skills we added on to that gift, you know, came from experience. So the, the same things that we were practicing before that pivot came about made us prepared for that opportunity to pivot. So I think people are scared of their pivot. And if the pivot happens, understand you were prepared for this go in that direction Mm -hmm. and you can handle it and you can handle it and don't be upset because sometimes when you pivot people who may have known you to be something before may be upset thinking that you're trying to steal their thunder maybe you're doing something similar to what they're doing and they think that you're coming for their spot but there's plenty of room (laughs) in this world for everybody to do what they want to do. And, you know, we should all be not in competition, but supportive of each other. Indeed, for sure. And collaborate. Just as we are doing now, we are collaborating. (laughs) There we go. Yes. Exactly. So you're a four-time author, Darius. What was your first book? So my first book, which is funny, is there's been an uptick in people ordering that book. It's interesting. So my first book is called Forgive Me Success, Life Guide 101. And I wrote that book when I when I told you when I left college. Mm-hmm. I wrote that book to help people discover a sense of purpose and develop a vision and take action. And so the book was built around a four-step workshop to help you get started in your path of purpose. And there were so many people around me that I saw that had no idea of what their gifts and talents were and how they can use those gifts and talents to impact the world with their purpose and how, and how purpose is strategic. Right. Like your initial phase of purpose is strategic. It's not esoteric. It's really about assessing your natural gifts and abilities that you may have. And I taught them how to dive into that and then figuring out what intent do you have to use this gift with? And that's when it becomes purpose, when intent and gifts align. Mm. And so I was striving, I wrote that book to help them figure out what their initial purpose was so they can get started right away, maybe align their majors with this new sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. And that that's when I started doing speaking engagements and the workshops throughout the country. So that was the inspiration for your first book? That was the inspiration for the first book. How can I help people discover a sense of purpose and move forward in that? I love that. And then your second book, how did that come to be? So I released two quote books, right? And they're like ebook journals, you would say, because it has the quote at the top, and then it has a note section. It's a fillable PDF area where you can type in your thoughts of that quote. I've had so many quotes that I've released to the world. I have an artistry background. 
I grew up, I've been on stage since I was 11 years old. Wow. Yeah, I've been an artist and been in front of people consistently since I was 11 years old. So when you hear me speak or present, it's 20 years of experience plus going into that. Do you mean performing like in plays, things like that? Or what can you elaborate a little bit? You asked a great question. So for me, I, I joined the group, a rap group, right? When I was younger, when I first joined the group, I was 11 years old. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to be this cute little kid on stage that they're like, oh, baby, that's, that's, that sounds nice. That's good. <laughs> I wanted to know exactly what I was talking about. I still remember this moment to this day. And I started to read my mom's books, you know, that she had on the Holy Spirit and leadership books that she had in her closet. And I would go and grab those books. I would study the dictionary. I would read the Bible, whatever it was, so I could know what I was talking about and have the vocabulary to support it. And so when I became an artist, I really gave myself to the craft. And I was an artist and going on tours and releasing music and music was on the radio, all that good stuff before I became a speaker. And so I have a natural propensity to look for the right wording to say as if I'm still rapping when I speak. So that's where all the quotes come from. Okay. Wow. Can you give us like a few quotes that you are just, that are just very important to you? They are meaningful. I know you have a lot, but just, you know, the top of your head, like just a couple. A couple of quotes that mean a lot to me. So I'm going to give you some quotes from, I guess, one of my books, one of my quote books. Perfect. And if we're speaking on the topic of, you know, relationships or dating, I'll share a few with you. So here we go. One I I, I sent in my text messages earlier today, and I said, don't assume someone's intentions with you because that's what you desire. They only have interest if the intention is not set. Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah, that makes you think. It makes you think, right? And then the other one I'll share is, uh, don't get being a transaction to someone confused with being a teammate yes that happens often it definitely happens often when we don't communicate our intentions and we don't have conversations about what's going on you end up being a transaction to someone thinking you're a teammate when they just be as somebody they're using to get something done right and that revelation is very disheartening when you find that out so like i said i'm a dating coach what you shared on clubhouse was just amazing i don't know if we can kind of reiterate that For sure. So I'm not sure exactly what the question was that someone asked, but when it comes to the questions in my book, again, the book is called, You Got the Digits Now, What 104 Early Dating Questions to Create Memorable Conversations with High Quality Men. And with this book, it was intended to basically help women rephrase the questions that they ask so that they can get a more riveting response from the man that they are talking to, right? So it will help you connect with the man and also vet him at the same time. And this book is 10 parts of it, right? 10 parts that has questions in each area to ask a man. Parts such as what are, what are his money views? What are his family and friends like? What is his character like? How was he at a younger age? And what are his views on relationships and sex? And it goes on and on. And so if you would love examples from the book as far as questions i would definitely love to give you some examples if you would like to ask about any that would be amazing yeah if we could focus on what are the more important questions maybe in the first few weeks of dating what are the more important questions you want to be asking oh that was good that was a really good question right there so what are some really important questions you want to ask of course you want to find out more about his spirituality right Mm -hmm. how he views the world i think that's very important do you think so 
Yeah, I think so. I tell people maybe don't jump into religion, you know, right off the bat, just because right. I feel like what that makes you say that. I think that sometimes that might be a little intense, for lack of a better <laughs> word. I think just when you're first meeting someone, but I think people have struggles and the anxiety is there, at least my clients, you know, will, will be honest with me and say, well, the anxiety is there, especially on that first date, you know, and I tell them, well, you're just, you should have zero expectations. You're just wanting to, you know, get to know them. I think they struggle with which questions to ask, like on that first date, because you don't want to A, be too invasive or B, too evading. So it's like, you got to find a middle ground there. I love that you said that not to be too invasive or too evading. So you really hit home with the sweet spot that my book covers. It makes sure that you ask questions that may seem invasive in a non-invasive way. So say one of your clients is on a date and her faith is very important to her, whatever faith it may be. And she's trying to figure out, okay, what are his spiritual views? So instead of asking him, what's your religion, you know? Right. What God do you believe in, or whatever it may be, you may ask the guy, when you're facing tough times in life, what keeps you grounded? Love that. Yes. All right. General, but yet specific. On <laughs> right. Exactly. There's so much you can get from that, right? Because mm-hmm. if he says, well, maybe I like to smoke weed, but what if he says, you know, sometimes I like to just pray, I like to meditate, I like to do yoga. Then you can start going down those roads of seeing how he keeps himself grounded during tough times. Definitely. Definitely. Very important. I love that. I think that that becomes a very difficult, like I said, is a very difficult topic to tackle, you know, in those first few weeks of dating. So perfect question. Indeed. And some more questions you could ask him, of course, on the first date is some of his favorites, but with the twist, right? You don't want to ask born favorite questions like, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite food? These are, We're not in kindergarten. These are boring. <laughs> kindergarten, elementary school, lazy questions. Right. You know, even asking, what's your favorite season of the year? That can be boring too, but you can spice that question up. Okay. And so that goes to question nine in my book. And that says, you can ask a question like, which seasons of the year make you feel the best? And then he can elaborate on why. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you'll get to know more about him and how he grew up, nostalgia, mm-hmm. then all through that one simple question. I love that. Th- and it's very important, right? There's also a strategy I use in my book. It's called the R2E method. R2E is a way for women to ask probing questions in a non-invasive way. And so before you ask a question, say if you want to ask him about how he handles conflict, you can ask a guy how he handles conflict on the first date if you want to. It's how you ask that question, though. Right. And so with the R2E method, you want to relate to the question you're about to ask before you explore the answer from him. So let's do an example. Say if you want to ask a guy, how does he handle conflict? Instead of asking him, hey, how do you handle conflict? You may say, hey, when I was younger, like I used to handle conflict by... You know, storming off, shutting down, you know, maybe I used to yell, maybe share some stories, whatever it may be, right? And then you can say, but now at this point in my life, when I, when it comes to handling conflict, I really like, just love to talk things through. I love to listen, ask clarifying questions. You start to give him your experience. Mm-hmm. And then you ask, how are you currently handling conflict in your life? And that gives him the comfortability because you've already opened up and shared and been vulnerable. So that allows him to do the same. 
Right. So I can give you about three more questions you can ask on that first date that's not too deep, but can give you some of his character. I would love that. I think that a lot of my female clients are nervous that this man just wants to sleep with them or, you know, doesn't want anything long term. And I think I think every woman probably has that in the back of their mind. Right. So are there questions that they can ask to kind of feel that out, to kind of weed out the ones that just want a physical relationship? Oh, you asked a good question. So we'll go from the, the character part of the book. Let's go to his relationship views. Uh, in sex views. So that's part six of the book, his Perfect. views of relationships and sex. So there's a question in here that you can figure out his relationship with sex. Now, before you ask, do you just want to have sex? You know, <laughs> you may want to, again, use the R2E method. And this is where you relate to the question first, and then you ask the question. So you would say on your part, now you and I know that sex is built within our human nature. However, you can use it how you desire. At this point in your life, like, what's your views on sex? How do you, what's your relationship with sex? Okay, I like that. So that's a way to kind of introduce it uh-huh. to the guy. Does it come off too abrasive? Yeah, I think so. I think that it's something that, you know, probably women shy away from. So to be able to be confident in asking that question would be really helpful. Definitely. It's the confidence. Mm-hmm. It makes a big difference. So what are some other things you believe women would like to know on that first date or the things they would like to ask a guy? That's a good question. Maybe would they be a priority in their life? So maybe what is important to the man currently and do they see a woman fitting into their life? Does that make sense? Maybe if they're emotionally available, that kind of thing. Right. I love how you said that, right? So there's there's a question in my book that gets to open up a guy's intention of why he wanted to go out in the first place. Mm, love that. Right? So instead of saying, what's your intention with me, right? <laughs> That's a question you want to kind of stare away from. You don't want right. to say that right off the bat. But you can introduce a question and figure out what is his, his intention. So I'm scrolling to that question right now. But the question is more so like this. You can say, hey, I'm really happy we're here on this date. I'm happy that we had this time to meet, right? But what characteristics in me did you notice that aligned with some characteristics in you? Oh, okay. Yeah, I like that. Again, it's thought-provoking. It's thought-provoking. So you're really getting to see a sense of his character and also a sense of his attention when you ask this question. Like, what characteristics did you notice in me that aligned with some characteristics in you? You get to see if he's actually paying attention to you as a person from his connection point with you mm-hmm. or if he just wanted to sleep with you. Right, for sure. As far as priority, like what priority could you be in his life? What's a good question that you can kind of probe and find that out? That's kind of tricky, huh? Mm, it is tricky. So it depends on the time frame that you're going to ask this question. So what time frame are we talking about? I would say maybe within a month of dating or... A few weeks. It depends on how often you're seeing the person, but I would say like within a month of dating, I would say you'd want to know that question, right? If he's too busy to have you in his life, you don't want to be six months down the road, obviously, you know, wasting your time. Wasting your time. Is that, I wonder if that's a question or an observation and then a question about the observation. I think that people are generally, you know, really cautious to not waste their time with someone who is not a good match for them. But the problem is they kind of take the superficial 
qualities of someone, right? And and determine that. Mm-hmm. When really we should mm-hmm. be looking inward to determine that, not the superficial. Indeed, I totally agree with you. And that's why I believe a question like that would be more so situational mm. because some guys can pour it on heavy, give you all this time and attention and things of that nature, and then they can pull back. That's true. And so that's why I say, I think that question right there is situational based upon his actions to see if he is going to be consistent, see if he is going to be someone that's going to show up, be available to make you a priority. Right. Be a man of his word, do what he says. Right. So those are more action-based, observant questions in the moment. Okay. And so that wouldn't be more so of a vetting question to find out about him because he can tell you anything and still do the opposite. Very true. Yeah. Actions speak louder than words. That still rings true till this day. I'm going to actually pull up my notes from our conversation because I know there was one that I wanted to make sure. Oh, I like that question that you said, the last thing that you were excited to buy because you worked hard for it. So you're talking about women asking the do questions, right? Are they do questions? What do you do? How much money do you make? Those kind of questions. Yes, those questions are terrible. Yeah, I mean, it just puts them on such a defensive in a way like oh maybe i'm not good enough for this person and you never want to be in that position especially on the first date or the first few weeks of dating so that's why i really like this question that you posed so let's talk about that the last thing you were excited to buy because you worked hard for it what does that question open up for the man right so you, you asked a really good question so when a woman starts to ask you know basically about what do you do how much do you make all that stuff? The guy can do two things. He can either start to shut down as if you're striving to, again, qualify him, mm-hmm. or he can rise up to the occasion and then his braggadocious, arrogant side of him may come out and you get to see what's in his hand rather than what's in his heart. And so if you want to know about what's in his hand, the guy will give you, he will impress you with what's in his hand all day. Now that's great. I can keep you at a distance from my heart. Yeah, and you keep those walls up. Right. So if all you want is what's within my hands, hopefully I can get what I want by giving you what's in my hands and keeping you at an emotional distance. Right. But if a woman comes along with much greater conversation, that's going to pull the best out of me. That's going to help me reflect and look at the world a different way. Then she will get Trump over you because you're only good for a one dimensional thing getting what's in my hand, and hopefully me getting what I want from you. So that's why those questions about what do you do, how much do you make, that stuff is, is so bad. So when you ask a question, like I just said to you, like what's one thing you were very excited to buy because you worked hard to save for it, that speaks a lot to his discipline. It speaks a lot to maybe how he views money, how he handles money. And you'll get to maybe get a part of his story of how he struggled and how to come up and you get so much from that question, then what do you do, right? Of course, he's trying to find out how ambitious he is. That's a part of the book as well. You may want to ask him a question like this. When you're working, what is one thing you find most enjoyable? Okay. And then you find out if he enjoys what he does. Right. In that place, you get a chance to find out if what he does, if he enjoys it, if he doesn't enjoy it, is he complaining too much about it? Is he going to make a change? Yeah. If he's just settling, if it's just a job. Right. There's so right. much you can get from that one question. Yeah, definitely. No, it's just so, so helpful. What's a good question to ask if you're trying to determine if they are family-oriented uh, without saying, do you want to have kids, right? 
on the first date with my husband, I asked him if he wanted kids, right? I mean, I was straight up. I, Darius, you would have cringed, I'm sure, if you were a fly on the wall on our first date because I was asking him every bad question I could. I mean, I just, I was so sick of dating. I just knew exactly what I was looking for. And I was like, I always had in my head, you can't scare away the right guy. I was just going for it, you know? And thankfully it worked out, right? But I mean, I definitely just peppered him. You know, I just, I interrogated him sweetly. Let's say it that way. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, I did it sweetly, but it was still very much an interrogation. And he, he didn't walk away. Sometimes men will tolerate certain interrogations from women that they really like for a certain period of time. Well, I intrigued him. I mean, I asked him questions like, you know, because I've had so many jobs, you know, in my life. And I'm always like, well, how many jobs have you had? Like, who's had more jobs? And so we went back and forth, you know, counting how many jobs we've had. And I think he beat me by one or I beat him by one or something like that. That's a cute game right there, by the way. I like that. Right? Yeah. And it, But it really showed me a lot about what he's done and what he was, you know, and, and he would get excited about certain jobs and then he'd be really, like, bummed about others, you know? So it, it showed me a lot about, like, who he was in in that one question. So, no, I was glad I asked, but it's just funny because I, I was just asking, you know, do you want kids? Do you want to be married? Do you, I mean, it was like boom, 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 boom. So how do you ask those types of questions that could potentially scare someone off in a gentler way? You asked a phenomenal question. I'm so happy you asked this question because in part eight of my book, it's what are his views on kids and family? There are a couple questions in this area that you can ask. And if you want to know about if he wants to have kids without asking, does he want to have kids? You'll ask this instead. What are your thoughts on leaving a legacy? And how do you think that could be done? Love that. I love that. Because they could take that in so many different ways, right? They could take it as right. building an empire. They could take it as having a family. They, You know, you just, you don't know exactly where they're going to go with that. And that is a phenomenal question to ask. I think that really opens the doors to so many answered questions, you know, so many answers. This question can open up the doors for so many answers that a man can give. We know in a man's psyche on a basic level. Yeah. And if he doesn't include kids, more than likely will include kids depending on where he's at in his life. You know, depending on if he was divorced, he has kids, then... You know, you may not want to ask about kids because neither of you guys are probably striving to have kids at this point. But if you're younger and you want to have more kids and he wants to have more kids, you can ask that question. Now, if he doesn't mention kids in that answer, you may ask a follow-up question, which is the next question underneath this one. And it's, do you believe having kids is a part of creating a legacy? Interesting. Yeah, man. just tying that back to the whole legacy piece. If I had asked some of these questions of my ex-boyfriends, I would not have wasted years of time. Oh, my God. Women want to be mind readers, right? And men are not mind readers. So it's it's very, <laughs> very difficult. Oh, the disconnect, right? I love it. She said, only if I ask these questions to some of my ex-boyfriends, I would not have wasted years. I think that needs to go up on my social media. <laughs> It's true. It's 100% true. And that's why I love your book, Darius, because I think that it's a gift, a real gift to women who are dating and looking for that person and wanting to, like, as you say, vet them 
and find out if they're the right person and not waste their time. You know, I think women waste so much of their time because we just don't ask the right questions. We don't know how to ask the right questions. We, you know, put them on the defensive. We build those walls. A lot of my clients are dating on apps. If you're not face-to-face with this person and you're messaging with them or you're just on a dating app and you're looking at profiles, how can we apply these principles to that type of situation? You asked a great question. And so what we're focusing right now on this, you know, interview here is more so the questions part. Now, there are different steps in conversation that you must use outside of questions. Questions is one part. How you respond to a man is very important, too, if not more important than the questions you ask. So let's talk about just the questions, though, and and then we'll cover when I'm when I release the course and then we'll cover that at another time. Okay, perfect. So if you're going to ask a guy questions on the app, the first thing you should do is lead with rapport, connect with something, connect with something on his pictures, right? Connect with something he may have said to you when he sent you a message. Then compliment something or find commonality. That's your job. Compliment something or find commonality. And then ask a question based upon what you complimented or the commonality you found. And do that in an open-ended form. When you do that and you guys start having conversation, then eventually you want to keep in mind some things you want to know about this person before you continue being swept off your feet and the gamut of the surface conversation. So when you want to transition to a deeper conversation, it depends on who you're talking to. But I will start out with what's your favorites. If you order the book, when you download the book, you want to look at some of the what's your favorite questions. And it's quite a few questions in here you can ask that you can find out certain things about this person, right? In a fun way. And then you can transition from fun to deep. It just depends on the person you're talking to. That can happen quickly or slowly. Exactly. And just curious, how long do you recommend someone talk on that level before meeting in person? Would you say a few conversations? Would you say a week? Or it depends on the person. It depends. So if they are on dating apps, and obviously they're local to that person, I would say within that first week, easy. Mm -hmm. I would say get off that dating app within 24 to 48 hours max. I'm getting off that dating app with that person within that same day if possible if I'm not too busy and they're not too busy if, if I if I was on an app I'm not on an app now but if I was I, I'm, I'm getting off that app that same day if possible I agree yeah I think quicker is better definitely again you know you don't want to waste your time talking to someone online for weeks and then meet them and be very disappointed because then you just wasted all that time disappointed. <laughs> right right, I, right I would rather a woman exchange contacts with a man based upon the level of rapport that they build. Not more so the questions they can use from this book to ask. You want to use questions from this book when you're having actual conversations. Right, that makes sense, yeah. But I love that to just go to the favorite section and, you know, use that as your conversation starter or... Because I know a lot of women, you know, the man starts it, but they want to continue it. So it's definitely helpful in that. And speaking of the book, please tell everyone because they, I'm sure, are screaming listening right now saying, how can I get this damn book? I need this book in my life yesterday. So (laughs) (laughs) please. And I feel you on that. And a lot of people are feeling that way. And I'm really happy about that. So you can go to my website. I'm Darius Brown.com. Not I am. I'm Darius Brown.com. And it's going to be forward slash store forward slash digits. If you want to follow me on Instagram, 
which would be the easier way to get the book. You can follow me at I'm Darius Brown. You can click the link in my bio on my Instagram and download the book right there. I love that. There's no waiting, nothing like that. You just get it instantly. And it's very affordable also, which we really appreciate that, Darius. Now, what do you have in store for the future as far as are you writing more books? Are you working on something currently? You said you have a course that you were, you mentioned that. Yes. So I am working on a course. So this book was born from the course. I was working on the course and someone told me, and I was going to use other people's books of questions. I was going to say, hey, do you mind if I collaborate with you? I know you have books, uh, question books, whatever it may be. And I was going to kind of just promote their books as a way to use during my course. And someone told me, Darius, you always rephrase people's questions. You always ask great questions. Why don't you just write your own book of questions? I'm sure it'd be easy for you. So I sat with that for maybe a couple of weeks. And then I started to go online and see what questions people were asking. I said, these are terrible questions. And that's when I began working on the question book. And it took me a couple days to write the book, simply because this is natural for me to rephrase and ask great questions and help people do so. And so I wrote the book to really go along with my course. And then I just, you know, eventually released it as a way to help people right now and to prove that, hey, we need to have better conversations. And so that's what let me know the course definitely needed to be completed. And so the, the course is 75% complete right now, and I can't wait to release it. I am working on two more question books as well, too. I'm sorry. I'm still in shock that you said it took you two days to write this book. That's amazing. Well, the, the questions took me two days, and then organizing the book, the interior design of it, and then doing the cover took another two days. Wow. So before we wrap up, Darius, I'd love to relate on one other thing. I have to say, listeners, if you are not dating, if you're in a happy, fulfilled relationship, you still want to get this book. And the reason is this. We still form friendships every day, especially now coming out of a pandemic. People have literally forgotten how to have a conversation. Am I right on that, Darius? Wow. I didn't look at it that way, but that's good. We just have, right? We forgot. I mean, I literally was at a bar the other day and I forgot how to order a drink. Like it was ridiculous. So <laughs> I really think, I re- isn't that it's just, just tragedy, right? I really think that everyone can benefit from this book. And myself, I'm in a happy relationship, a marriage of 10 years, literally just celebrated. And I want this book because- Congratulations again. Thank you. Because I am an interviewer and I always want to elevate my game. You know, I always want to relate to my guest better, you know, as a podcaster and an interviewer. So I want this book for that purpose. So I just, I want you guys to know that if you're not dating, it doesn't matter. You still want to have this book in your life because it will improve the relationships you have with everybody and new people you meet, old friends that you're reconnecting with family, you know, whoever you are trying to connect with, whoever you're trying to maintain or build a relationship with, this book can help you. So I just want to say that. And I want to thank you so much, Darius. This has been enlightening. Seriously, I'm so happy we had that room on Clubhouse. I am so happy you joined and I'm so happy you spoke. And it was just an an incredible gift that you gave all of us. So guys, please go get his book. Thank you so much let it enhance your life. You know, everyone needs this book. So I will do my best to help you promote it because I believe in it. (laughs) Thank you. I really appreciate you seriously for giving me your time for investing your mind into this book and what it can offer. 
and I'm excited to continue to partner with you. Thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you. I'd love to continue to collaborate as well. And you guys, thank you so much for listening. This has been a wonderful episode. I hope that you uh, stayed till the end. A lot of great information. I hope you took notes. If not, go back and listen to it and take those notes. Trust me, you are going to want those notes for sure. So helpful, all the information. And thank you again for joining me, Darius. You guys, always stay safe and always stay cozy. Till next time, bye. Bye.